0: Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen, and so are you! <laughs> Hello again, my beautiful Screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queen! the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 116 and tonight we're taking a double dose of terror because first I'm going to the theater and I'll be reviewing the major studio release as above so below. And then the nightmare closet creaks open again as I take a trip to Italy with Dario Argento to find out what's going on with that phenomena that's been happening over there we got a great big show lined up for you today it's going to be tons of fun and it's going to be starting right after this exciting promo for a brand new podcast well it may not be a new podcast but it's new to me okay okay
1: hello i'm davian dent and this is strange times What does he do? He writes words that are cleverer than the ones I can do. <laughs> then I do the um, literary equivalent of uh, wiping my penis over his words.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, stuff I've been watching recently, air crash investigations. Don't know why, I've just like, suddenly got this fatal fascination with watching these documentaries on plane crashes and sort of like, what went wrong? The plane at the ground earth. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if I was flying a plane and it was crashing, the first thing I would do would be to run to the back of the plane. I certainly wouldn't <laughs> stay in the cockpit. Don't you think that might actually um, put the shits up the uh, passengers a bit? No, they won't notice, will you? You just pretend you're like a trolley darling. Do you want Do you want a drink? Do you want a drink? And then just make your way to the back. <laughs> 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 I like the fact that when the plane is plummeting towards the ground at a thousand kilometres an hour, you're walking up the plane with a little trolley. Drink anyone? You're still stuck at the front. Where's my fucking peanuts? You can't. I was asking for that for yeah. an hour. Yeah, what careful. about if the plane was crashing? Right. Right, and it's plummeting towards you, and just before it hits the ground, you step off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like
1: Tom and jumped <laughs> in. I suppose, I suppose you could have a parachute in like the cargo section. Jesus. Yeah, if Christ. I'd be wearing mine, I wouldn't be fucking rifling around the caggle looking for it. Yeah, and then on the way down, you pull the ripcord, and all these baked bean tins fly out the Pants. back. Of it. Pants <laughs> yeah. and uh, me, one ton weight.
2: Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Caps having a coronary, yeah, I was just about to say he does sound like he's actually going to have an embolism, <laughs> which would be brilliant. <laughs> Join me, Davian Dent, with my fellow co-hosts, Kat Sorens and Jerry Twait. You can catch us on iTunes and www.strangetimeshow.com. In fact, you can go there for just about everything. So hello,
0: everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back for another show. And if you're new, just, hey, welcome. Pop a squat. Get comfortable. Don't mind these weirdos. They always look like that. Adorable. Of course adorable. So what has been going on over here at Scream Queens headquarters? Well, something I forgot to mention last time because, you know, I had talked so much the episode previous to last that I forgot to mention it. And that was just that I did some TV work on uh, the show on Amazon Prime called Alpha House starring John Goodwin. Goodman, rather. And I had to say in person... He's a very, very big man. Normally when you meet stars in person, they're smaller, but he's actually bigger. I was like, whoa. Now, unfortunately, you won't be seeing me in this episode because I did stand-in work. And that means you jump in for one of the principals when they're rehearsing and, you know, I'm just there for to help line up shots. I match whatever physical proportions that that actor has and, you know. It's a slightly more technically difficult job than regular background work. You don't get to be on camera, but you get paid a hell of a lot more. So that was pretty cool. And on the plus side of it, it was directed, this particular episode, by Bob Balaban. Some of you might not know who he is. A lot of you might not know who he is. First of all, he's a great director here in New York. There's lots of stage, but he's also a brilliant character actor. Going all the way back to Midnight Cowboy, and he tried to by the services of John Voigt to give him a blowjob in a porno movie house, but I know him and love him as Lloyd. The truth, the light, and the hope of Waiting for Guffman. And what was fun, I had just seen Waiting for Guffman on the big screen courtesy of Hedda Lettuce on her Thursday night uh, classic cinema nights where, you know, she goes and does discussions and, you know, it's a lot of fun seeing these things with a fun, mostly gay audience. And when he walked in, I was like, oh my God, Bob Bellabed. And then I got to stand in an elevator with him for about 20 minutes in this office building because they were loading some light equipment in and we just got stuck and we had a lovely chat. And I told him, I told him that I'm looking forward to seeing a delicate balance when it comes to Broadway this year. But also I said, hey, you know what? I just saw Guffman on the big screen and he was like, what? Who's showing that? And I said, head of lettuce. And he goes, her. I said, that's right, her. And I told him. Watching it this time, I'm like, Lloyd is my favorite character. It truly is. Because nobody listens to him. He's so cute. He knows exactly what he's doing. And nobody listens. Had they listened to Lloyd, none of that tragedy would ever have happened. Oh, well, that's the perils of community theater. But that's enough about that. What else has been going on? Well, I got to see Doug Shapiro in a show. You know Doug Shapiro. Doug Shapiro, who guested on the Evil Under the Sun episode. He was doing a production of Talk Radio here at a a theater that was new to me. And it was a great production. And the things I learned about Doug. First of all, he was perfect for the role because he played the radio. Because you haven't seen Doug, but he's got some amazing knobs. Seriously fine knobs. But I also learned that he really, really, really loves Muffin. He can't get enough of Muffin. Now, I know you're listening, Doug, and you're like, shut up. No, I won't. I can't. Because I love you, and I love your muffin, and I love your knobs. We all do. The other thing I got to see was Pippin on Broadway and you're like, enough with the plays already, Patrick. And I'm like, shut the fuck up because this one has some horror ties to it because I was fortunate to get to see it When Andrea Martin returned to the cast, and she had won a Tony for it earlier this year for this particular role, and then she left, and then it was announced, hey, she's coming back. I thought she was coming back at the end of this month, but turned out, bang, she was there. When I saw it, I was like, holy shit, it's Andrea Martin. You're probably like, who the fuck is Andrea Martin? Well, of course, she's famous from SCTV and the movie version of Hedwig and the Angry inch and my big gay no my big Greek wedding everything with my big has to be gay now so I forgot it started with the Greek wedding so it was my big Greek wedding but you guys know her from the original Black Christmas where she played Phil and also from the remake when she played the house mother so that was pretty cool. She's one of my favorite performers, and to see her live on stage was really, really cool. So, yay for you, Andrea Martin. Yay, yay. Winning Tony's left and right, by the way. Way to go. Who would have thought that the most long ranged actress out of Black Christmas would have been Phil with her perm and her glasses and her plaid nightgown? Ooh. Oh, fail. Ah, oh, fail, fell, fail, 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 fail. Also, I want to take a minute and tip my hat to all the gay podcasters who are heading out to Las Vegas, I think, this weekend for the Pride 48 celebration. And for those of you who listen to those shows, I know they're all doing live broadcast so i would head over to the pride48.com website and find out when your favorite podcasts are doing what they do live because remember when i did that and we reviewed uh bite marks and i got really drunk and Sater had to finish the show because i was just like that wasn't a pretty time but apparently it made for great podcasting i'm not proud of that episode but apparently everyone else thinks it's hilarious Oh, and by the way, speaking of gay things, I just wanted to finally acknowledge somebody who I keep forgetting to. And I'm a terrible friend and a terrible fan for not doing this. And I'm talking about Dan. Dan, who is the host, well, the, the, the webmaster or whatever, the blog dude from the Boys, Bears, and Scares blog. And if you're not reading this, you should be, because this is one prolific horror blog with a nice big gay bent that really likes hairy dudes, too. But, you know, our tastes are completely different, and that's totally cool, because I love this blog, and I love Dan. So, Dan, I'm plugging you. Yeah, yeah, plus he's another Long Island boy. That's my home turf. That's where I was raised. Bon Jovi fucking A. Debbie Gibson forever, give me a cup of coffee, give it to me right now. I saw two horror movies that I wanna talk about very quickly because unfortunately they really weren't worth talking about in full or would be difficult to. The first one is Antisocial, that's a new one that's out. And if you saw the signal from a few years ago about that you know, funky Windows media player signal that came through every piece of electronic equipment and drove everybody crazy and murderous, You already saw antisocial, and you saw it better, but in antisocial, it's it's aimed more at the teens, and its basic message is Facebook is bad, okay? It's bad. Facebook is very bad, okay? Because while it's not Facebook, basically everybody's driven mad by a, what do you call it? A subliminal message that's been embedded in their Facebook like Page. Page. Web code thing. Words are hard sometimes. It's okay. It's okay is a great no. But if you're bored, you can check it out, and that's fine. And the other one that I saw is Alice Kills, and that's A Y. I'm sorry, A L Y S E Kills. And this was interesting. It's kind of an Alice in Wonderland thing, and not any way shape or form it's about this girl in a dead-end job and you know she's out partying with her friend and she accidentally kills her and that sends her down this spiral into drugs and self-abuse and finally complete madness this i enjoyed and i enjoyed it a lot but it's very hard to talk about in that it's very slow Like It takes a really long time for Alice to start killing people. So for those of you who are impatient, you probably won't like it. But I thought for a character study, it was quite fun. Honestly, I thought the Alice in Wonderland stuff was a little forced. You know, her name's Alice, and her friend that she accidentally kills is Carol. Carol Lewis. Get it? Get it? And she's got the Mad Hatter dealing her drugs. But there's some great performances in here, and it's very, very grisly when it gets Going and darkly humorous, and I liked it. I did like it, but again, it's a rainy day movie. If you got nothing else to watch, and the other mainstream movie that I got to see was the Hundred Foot Journey, and I'm not going to talk about that. It was great. It was Helen Mirren, and we love her. We love her. She could, you know, make rice a on stage or in a movie, and I'd be fascinated. But that's not the point right now, because you know, I went with Bradford. And, you know, he's got his dyslexia thing. And he walked up to the box office and ordered, I'll have two tickets, please. Two tickets for the 100-yard foot. What? Okay, I heard a big foot before, Bradford, but a 100-yard foot is the size of a football field. That is a big-ass foot. And the lady behind the counter was like, What? And I was just like I'm stepping over here. I will be all the way over here because that's our Bradford That's our Bradford Uh, so one thing I have to bring up because it's gonna come up later and you need to know um On my trip to Europe I flew Virgin both ways and when you fly Virgin they gave you this little comfort pack. And I didn't really go through it either time. I just wanted the blanket. So I took out the blanket, and that was that nice little red blanket to keep me warm on the flight. So earlier in the week, I was just, I was, you know, moving stuff around, and I found the two comfort packs. And I was like, oh, well, what else is in here? I never really looked. Okay, eye masked. Nah, no use for that. Toothbrush. Toothpaste. Lovely. And, oh, some socks. Oh, boy, oh, boy. That's very exciting. So I'm thinking, oh, boy, they're going to be those nice snuggly socks like you get at the hospital or at some fancy hotels, you know, nice and cushy with the no-slip soles on the bottom. So I put them on the other day because it was laundry day and I was out of socks, and they are the sheerest thinnest little red socks I have ever seen. They're practically stockings. I said, why would you give these out on an airplane? These don't keep you warm. I can't wear these to the bathroom. I can't do anything with these. These things are stupid. They're so sheer that I can see my feet through them. I can see my little toes wiggling in these little red socks. I'm like, Scarlett Tohanson. Scarlett Tohanson is now a person who lives in my head because that's how my mind worked. It was so stupid. It was the stupidest joke I have possibly ever made. And therefore, it's now my favorite thing ever. I've been plotting the career. Of Scarlett Johansson, I sat there with Doug in a diner after a show, and we hashed all this out. And they're you know, like, we, "She's like, oh, you know, she." He's like, "Well, she is an Oscar-winning actress." And I said, "Actually, no, uh, Doug. She did not win an Oscar. She won a toe knee. She won a toe knee." award. Now this is a somewhat sidebar, but I got a a little Amazon local deal to get some laser surgery on my foot because I'm sorry. It's gross. I got toenail fungus, not bad, but I was, you know, one of the times I was in the hospital, I came out with toenail fungus and I can't do anything about it. You know, the pills are too harsh for my liver and you know, none of the topical stuff works. And I saw, Hey, this is a good deal. I'm going to get this taken care of. So now I had laser surgery on my toe and now I'm wearing my laser toe, in Scarlett Johansson. And I'm thinking, huh, now she's got lasers. She's like a superhero. And then I got to thinking, I'm like, okay, well, Scarlett Johansson, you know, she's already signed to play, what is it, Black Widow, I think, in the Marvel films, the Avengers films. So maybe Scarlett Johansson needs a superhero role too. Maybe she could play the Crimson Sock, yes. Maybe she'll play the Crimson Stocking, yes, yes. And she'll fight crime in the dirty world of hosiery, the hosiery industry, yes, yes. And she'll say fun catchphrases like, I just caught you red-footed. I'm putting you heels behind bars. You can run, but you can't hide. I spent hours doing this, and this is possibly the stupidest thing I have ever talked about on this show. And you know what? It's coming back later. Okay? It's coming back later in the show, and something that I already discussed. So, you know what? Get used to Scarlett Johansson, because I think she's going to be around for a while. God help us all. Now, on the sad side of uh, sad side, of course, we lost Joan Rivers, and that's been very difficult for me because I we, I know Joe, not like Joan, Joe. I call it Joe. No, I, I knew Joan Rivers, not super personally, but she was a huge friend of the chorus. You know, she had us up for Christmas parties all the time. Uh, she invited us to sing at Melissa's wedding. She was a huge contributor. She always showed up for us when we were going into bankruptcy. She reached out to all of her celebrity friends right after The Apprentice and she raised enough money to get us back in the red and out of the black. The red, like Scarlett Johansson! And the chorus was invited to sing at her funeral. I chose not to. Uh, First of all, I I just had too much to do. I had just come off a night shoot on Alpha House and said, I'm just too tired. And... I don't know. I'm trying to stay away from the chorus for a while. Because like I said before, there's lots of life things happening, you know, like with Bradford moving out and everything. I'm going to need some time to myself, for myself. And I love the chorus, but they can be a huge time suck. So I said, no, thank you. But I found this on a DVD I'm not supposed to have of one of our older concerts from 2006. And it was before Charlie, my British... Conductor Charlie, before he was even on the scene. He's the one who's a Nazi about stuff leaking. But I had gotten a DVD of our chorus uh, concert from 2006 called You Ought to Be in Pictures, and it was a tribute to the music of the movies. And it was one of our best concerts, pre-Charlie. And we had a whole slew of celebrity guests that were supposed to show up. Uh, One of which was Olympia Dukakis. She backed out at the last minute. Because she had some throat problems, because she was doing a musical, and she was singing. And that story's legendary, but we're not going into that now. And the other one was Kitty Carlisle Hart. Who the fuck is Kitty Carlisle Hart? I vaguely know who she is. That she's an oldie Tommy star, and I thought she had been dead for 30 years anyway. But we found out at like 6.30, the day of the show, that she wasn't coming. And now all of a sudden, we don't have a guest. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And as we went on stage, as far as we knew, we had no guests. But the lights dimmed. They announced, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kitty Carlisle Hart and Out Walked Joan Rivers, and she said some wonderful things, and that's going to be my tribute to her. I'll be playing the audio from that right about now. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, may I present to you, not so live, from Lincoln Center in 2006, with the inevitable Joan Rivers, who will be horribly, horribly met. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage. Miss Kitty Carlisle Hart.
3: 200 men, each one representing, not just singing together, each one representing someone that Angelina Jolie has fucked. You know? With a lady stretch and that only they sound like would with half here mirror and a carrier. <laughs> Wonderful evening ahead for you. I uh, truly, just so great to see them and hear them, the, the sound of you. Anita Bryant <laughs> <Anita Joe, laughs> is coming out late. Anita Chile, some good ones. Uh, she's coming out and She's coming out. We were talking backstage again. Love by, well, Gabe, there's nobody like Gabe. Let me just tell you, okay, now Gabe wants <laughs> me to do the concert. Why am I here? God bless every gay man in the world. You're the first ones to spot talent. You're the ones to stick with us. You are our friends. You are our confidants. You are smart as hell. And on a shallower level, you put us together. You do our hair. You do our hair. <laughs> other because it is a nice evening. The feeling in this room is so wonderful. We're in Lincoln Center, guys. Um, Yeah, here in New York, you go, Um, um, I want you all to look at who you can, because it is an amazing time for gay people. Even the thing that they're talking about marriage, which I'm not in favor of. Oh, it's really the please. Except, you know, why not? You want to get married? Why should I mean straight a divorce But it's just But um, I think we should all look at the people we're with, and we should say, I'm so glad. And I wish, because of the course, I wish you could do that too. Look at whoever you're next to, and understand what a good time it was in and say, I'm so glad.
0: episode when I was talking about um, what happened at the Various Voices Festival, I guess it was two episodes ago, uh, I had mentioned this this choral group of women who had joined us for The Big Gay Sing. They were not uh, a lesbian chorus, but actually there were two of them that had joined together for this particular force of nature. And those those two groups, rather, were called The Lineup the soulful and they brought their talents together to bring down the house with this rendition of a song that i'm going to play for you in a minute because i can't leave you with sad stuff can't leave you with joan rivers dying because that's very sad that's very very sad so i'm going to leave you with them and before i do i just want to tell you how much i loved these ladies they came in with such great spirit because like i said the other group that joined us was Gloria, which is a Dublin chorus, Dublin gay chorus, mixed chorus. And they sing more traditional church religious music and things like that. So they were a bit stiff. They were a bit awkward, you know, just adjusting to the style of the big gay sing. Whereas these ladies showed up looking gayer than anybody else on stage. These ladies showed up in sequence out the ass. They were like, well, they told us to wear something fabulous, and this is the... This is pretty fat. I'm like, fuck, that is fabulous. You ladies are fabulous. And they came in and they kicked ass and they partied like hell. And I love them and I miss them. And they sent us this video, which they had recorded recently, actually for a, a September 11th tribute. And they also dedicated it to us, the members of the New York City Gay Men's Chorus, for rocking their world back in June. And now I'm going to rock your world. So ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for the soulful and the lineup. As they say, Empire state of mind, all sexy and stuff. Oh, yeah. 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 So as I said earlier, my children, I just stumbled across a movie that was so worth talking about that I scrapped my entire plan for this show. I was doing a whole bunch of other movies, doing a little quickie thing. But no, this movie was so monumentally stupid that I needed to warn you away. This is a public service announcement. Now, what's the movie? Well, I'll tell you. It's the latest mainstream horror movie released to the theaters, and that is the found footage thing known as As Above, So Below. Wow, what an evocative title. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was a great title, and it's a great poster, too. But then there's the movie and the trailer, which we're listening to Right now,
4: my name is Scarlett Marlowe, and I'm a student in urban archaeology. 370 feet beneath this point is a hidden chamber that might contain a critical missing piece of our history. How are we supposed to get down there? Catacombs. There are 200 miles of tunnels right underneath our feet. They're
1: holding the remains of six million corpses.
4: Stop. This is the Empire of
1: the Dead. These are human bones.
3: We go through here. Let's do it. Keep it slow and steady, yeah.
2: I think I'm stuck. Just
3: breathe on me, please. It's okay.
2: What was that?
4: What the hell do we do now, huh?
3: We can't go back. Keep moving. Tell me we didn't just go in a circle. It's exactly the same. No, everything's upside down.
1: What happened to the entrance?
4: Wait, there's something here.
1: Oh my God.
4: What the hell is this?
1: When I was a kid we
4: had a piano that looked exactly like this. I used to play it all the time. The A4 key was messed up. According to mythology, that's the inscription over the gates of hell. And they shall be made to crawl on their bellies to enter the kingdom of darkness. Did you hear that?
0: So, as above so below is the story of this gal, see, and her name is Scarlet. No no, it's not Scarlett Tohansen, so I was already disappointed. No, no, no. And she is oh she's she's everything. She's got a degree in everything and uh archaeology and urban archaeology and religions and languages and blurty, 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 blurty blur. She's kind of like Laura Croft, but not pixelated and not Angelina Jolie. Now, she's following in her father's footsteps. Now, her father was trying to find the philosopher's stone, which, as many of you know, is the stone that was too complicated a word for American Readers to understand, so they changed it to the Sorcerer's Stone in the Harry Potter series. That's neither here nor there, but allegedly in alchemy, which is of course an early form of science slash magic, the Sorcerer's Stone was thought to turn basic elements into gold, as well as possibly hold the secret to eternal life. Now, this didn't go well for her father. He went crazy and he killed himself. Oh no! Oh, no, but she's still following in his footsteps. And the movie opens, and she's, I forget where she is. She's somewhere in the Middle East, and she finds a a key piece to the puzzle, some missing key to help interpret some code that was on somebody's tombstone to help her find the location of the Sorcerer's Stone. So she gathers up a ragtag bag of, um, a ragtag bag. A ragtag band of hooligans, to help her break into the catacombs of Paris into the Forbidden Section in search of a secret chamber which might hold the elusive Krakastimpy. No, not the elusive Krakastimpy. The elusive Philosopher's Stone.
2: Okay. So far, so good.
0: Not bad. Now, this is, of course, found footage, which is a genre I'm really tired of. But apparently the people at Universal haven't figured that out. By the way, if it sounds like somebody's peeing in the background that's not Bradford, that's the coffee machine. Unless he's peeing in the coffee machine, which I would not put past him because, you know, hey, when it's Bradford, anything goes. But that's not the point right now. Do you know, I've been listening to back episodes of this show, and you can make a drinking game out of every time I say, but that's not the point right now. But that's not the point right now. The problem with this movie is the found footage. It's not just that it's found footage and it's a tired genre. It's that everybody's got pin cameras on their helmets, so every time somebody moves their head, the camera goes So it's a particularly unfocused movie, which makes it very hard to watch and keeps you very distant from it, which is unfortunate because there was a good movie in here somewhere. The adventure part of it is really good. It was kind of like Laura Croft goes to hell or some supernatural version of what's that other thing? Oh, with Nicolas Cage. Oh, National Treasure. One of those things. Like that part was fun when they're solving the riddles and, you know, scouring the tunnels for clues and facing perils like that. This part was fun. The problem was the supernatural business made zero sense. And the way it worked, nobody cared. Nobody cared. Now, the big deal about this movie was that, evidently, this is the first time that a movie has been filmed in certain off-limits sections of the catacombs. Now, I don't know exactly what parts were and what parts weren't because it seemed to me that very little of this movie was shot in the catacombs. There's only about a two-minute scene where you're seeing bones on the walls and the graves and that sort of thing. Maybe that's the public part. I don't know. But when they're in these other tunnels, they look very manufactured. You know, they look like... Well, they say a lot of these tunnels had collapsed or reinforced in the 19th century, but still, they just look very subway tunnel-ish and not the cave I was expecting. And I don't know they kind of feel like they lied. Now, I remember there was a movie a few years ago, not a very good one either, called Catacomb, or Catacombs, one or the other, Start Pink, and there was some kind of monster killer on the loose in the catacombs stalking people that were at a rave. That felt more catacomb than this movie. But again, that didn't matter so much because, like I said, I got into all these puzzle-solvings and the adventures and the peril and the traps... And that kind of thing. That was fun. And you're getting a little hints of supernatural things here and there. Setting things up. And I said, okay, I'm on board with this. This is good. The problem is when they bring in what you see in the trailer, which is people starting to experience things from their past that have haunted them. Nobody cares because it seems really tacked on. There's a little hint of it at the beginning with a with a creepy phone. Yeah, like there's this when they first get down there and they start experiencing things, you know, they're hearing a phone ring in the in the catacombs. Clearly there's no phone but like an oldie timey phone. Like what is that about? That's pretty cool. And then there's the part with the piano. That's clearly the one from this kid's this guy's um childhood. Okay, that's creepy. Things are happening really quickly and they're seeing little ghostly figures like a little boy who actually never comes back again. But not the point right now. Drink. Then that all goes away for a really long time. And then when they're bringing it back in the last 20 minutes, you really don't know much about these characters. You know, they're 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 very thinly drawn. You know, they're plucky adventurers. That's all you need to know. She's got her quest, she's got her sidekick, and she's got her assistance. And they're all doing their job just fine. But we don't know anything about them, and so so, when we're, so we don't really care about them that much. So when you start getting all this backstory crap about, oh well, um, I let my brother drown because I didn't get back to him in time. Uh, I you know hung, I didn't pick up the phone the night my father was calling the night he killed himself. Uh, I don't care. Why don't you get back to the gargoyles that are coming out of the wall and attacking people's faces? Cause that's more interesting. But they don't. And again, this is like tacked on then, I don't know. It's kind of hard to talk about because it's stupid. Well now, so what does this title mean by the way? As above, so below. Well, apparently it's a phrase that's used in alchemy and a lot of alternative religions. And in short, it kind of means on earth as it is in heaven. But it also kind of means what's inside is outside, what's outside is inside, what's up is down, what's down is up. And also, what you the world can be, what you believe it to be, if you know the tricks that apparently have the stone. I'm romancing the stone. Never leaving your true heart alone. Yes, it was. I needed an Eddie Grant break, right now. Maybe later I'll play Electric Avenue because it's, 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 it's well. While I was in such a hurry to warn you away from this movie, I realize there's not a lot to talk about here. So, do they find the hidden chamber? Yes, they find it fairly quickly, which was surprising. And I'm thinking it's a trap. It's an illusion. It's what she wants to find. But no, they actually do seem to find the chamber that has the secret passage, that has the hidden stone, and also another trap that, you know, causes major, major problems. But after that is when everything changes. They have to escape this chamber by going through what is essentially the rabbit hole. And now they're experiencing everything that they just experienced. Every room, every chamber, every trap every hallway, they're experiencing it again, except everything's backwards. So they're in backwards land now, they're below, they were above, now they're below. And they're trying to figure out this mystery and that mystery, and this is interesting, this is when the supernatural shit really starts to kick in. This is when people start having visions, and this is when things get super dangerous and people start to die. And had they stuck with this theme, it would have been somewhat better. Escaping these traps, and oh, you're, they're starting to realize they're descending into hell. They're getting all these warnings that they are actually going to hell right now. And that's why all these supernatural things are happening. You've crossed the line. You're where you're not supposed to be. Welcome to hell, bitches. Bonjour. Of they're French, some of them. But <laughs> the deeper they go, the less the movie makes sense. And the big problem here is the fact that I have to spoil it. I have to spoil it because you don't want to see this, okay? You don't want to see this. I'm doing you a favor and once I spoil it you will understand the huge favor that I am doing for you, my beloved listeners. I'm saving you your $12, $15, even your dollar cent, even your just thought on cable. I'm saving you your 90 minutes of your life because I love you that much. This movie not only has a wimp out ending, but it doesn't end on top of that. It gives you no closure. Okay, they're going through upside down world. And then this is funny, when I had a kid, when I was a kid, I had a book called Topsy Turvy Town. And it was one of those pop-up books, you know, where the pictures go boop out of it and there's like little levers to pull and things happen. It was about this world where this girl lived and everything was upside down, everything. The buildings stood on their roofs and people walked on their hands. Everything was upside down except her. And this is what this movie was reminding me of. And I'm like, wow, it's like Topsy Turvy Town. Yay! Now, we've gotten through all the traps. We're in the final chamber. There's only a handful of people left alive. And they find a manhole, you know, a, a welded manhole in the ground. They're like, oh my gosh, this is not from the 16th century. This must be the way out. And they're pulling on it and they're pulling on it. And it won't come up. And then they realize if they push it, it goes down with resistance. Because we're upside down. We're in topsy-turvy town. And then they come out, and it's Paris. They're back out in Paris, right in front of the Cathedral of Notre Dame. Except everything's upside down. I'm like, oh my god, they're really in topsy-turvy town. Quick, somebody pull the lever and make their legs go whoop, 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 whoop. They're going to have to walk on their hands for the rest of their life. But no. They're just out. They made it out. And they stand in a circle. They look at each other. One goes that way. The other two go that way. And the movie's over. That's it. No lesson to be learned, no moral, no follow-up. I'm like, so this girl has the Philosopher's Stone now? She can do alchemy? Or did she lose it again because now we're in Right Side Up world? Because you see, she picked up the stone initially in Right Side Up world, but then when they went down the rabbit hole into Upside Down world, it didn't work anymore. Because it's backwards world, so he had to go and find like the the imitation, and the upside down version of the the portion where she found the statue in the first place, and switch out the rust. Cause now she's got the real one, and she can save her dying boyfriend, and then okay, so she's got the real thing. But okay, now they're back up and upside down, right side up world. Because it turned out it was upside down because the camera was upside down. Fuck you! Don't play with my head. Don't take me to topsy turvy town and then take it away. But okay, does it work? Doesn't that work? Do we learn anything? Whatever. What do we get? We get a flashback to a. Monologue she gave at the beginning about how she just wants to find out the truth, and then the credits rolled. And I looked at Brev, and Brev looked at me and I said, Really? That's it? And that's when I heard it. That's when I heard it. There was a couple sitting in front of us. Young mid-twenties couple. Guy and a girl. And the guy summed up everything. I was thinking and feeling in a way that normally I would have said, you know, given my potty mouth, but I didn't. He just said, what the fuck was that? What the fuck did I just watch? And I said, that's exactly what I was thinking. And now, of course, then we have a bond. We've got a friendship and we're like, okay, okay, let's wait. Let's wait till the end of the credits. Cause maybe, 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 there's a tax scene that will make this all make sense. And then we both got so bored. Well, the three of us got so bored because Mr. Brad are always like I have to poop because he always has to poop. So Mr. Brad wants to go poop. And me and the guy and the girl sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and then we're just like fuck this. I don't care. Somebody said, "Fuck the French." And everyone else said, "Wee wee." Which means, yes, in French. I wasn't talking about wee's for a change. You know, like actual wee -wee Shut up. Be quiet. This movie is such a disappointment. I don't know how it got a studio release. Okay, studios. Studios. We're over found footage. This wasn't even found footage. Because they still had the footage. But it's an irritating mess to watch... Because the camera is so unstable, and normally these things don't bother me. Like, I wasn't getting sick, but I was just getting a headache. And just focus on something. Anything. Or at least somebody get naked. Show me some boobs. That'll wake me up. Was this PG-13? I don't know. It might have been. Probably. Who knows? Rated R for French people. Ew. Ew. But yeah, so the, well, the three of us were just walking out of the movie like, rah, 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 rah. so now I have to go pee. So I went down to the to the bathroom to go tinkle, and I could hear these girls in the ladies' room. They had been sitting across from us, and they were having a moderately fun time, because you know, they were girls, and they were out to scream and giggle and whatever. And this girl's like, oh my god, that chair was so scary. Now, not having seen the movie, there is a scene where they come across this guy in a chair. Spooky guy in a robe sitting in a chair. Which had the potential like when you first saw me like what the who, okay what's this now? What's this now? This is never used. The guy comes up, he's got like creepy white face and then kind of disappears and then statue people come out of the walls, which again, not used enough. You're just getting flashes of this stuff and how they focus more on this kind of a thing. Rather than all this other flashback, I'm having a personal inner crisis. But I don't give a shit about your personal inner crisis. Bring on the statue people with giant fangs to rip your face off. That, that is quality stuff. Plus, because here's the thing too. Once people started coming out of the walls, I'm like, this is like The Descent. Which I had already been thinking. I'm like, you've got these people in a cave. Some of these scenes are exactly the same as in The Descent. People are crawling through a teeny tiny tunnel. Somebody gets stuck which unfortunately sent Mr. Brad into a tizzy he is claustrophobic and you remember those Habit Trail commercials you know for the little plastic things you build a little city for your hamster with the tubes and the tunnels and they run around in them he couldn't watch the commercials because, as a kid because he was always afraid that the hamster was going to get stuck in the tunnel and suffocate and die this is the true thing so as soon as this scene happened where somebody got stuck I'm like oh fuck So he's like, "Uh, uh," he's under the chair. I'm like, he's going to get up and leave. He's going to get up and leave. He didn't, though. He stuck it out. So so bravo for Mr. Bradford. Bravo for Mr. Bradford for sticking it out. But we've seen The Descent. The Descent is a million times better than this movie. We've seen found footage out the ass at this point. You gave me nothing new. Had you just done a found footage, supernatural, Laura Croft kind of adventure, you would have been much better off. But to have all this moralistic stuff come up in it and go nowhere and then just to leave you hanging. Hanging. Waiting for an ending that does not come. Fuck you. As above, so blow. So blow me. So below me. If nothing else good came of it. This is why I enjoy seeing things in the theater, and this is why I enjoy th- seeing things at this particular theater here in my town, you know, up the block, the tiny little thing, kinda run down, cheapo, cheapo, cheapo movie theater. So I didn't waste a lot of money, so I love that, but... that nice queens, and the audiences tend to be small, people tend to be really vocal, one way or another. So I tend to make friends there, and I made some friends there! With this young 20-something guy and his girlfriend, whose names I did not get. However, while they were walking out the door, I made sure to tell them, hey, I've got a horror podcast. And I'm going to be trashing the shit out of this movie. And I am going to be talking about both of you. So I hope you're listening right now. Because you guys made my evening. You made it worthwhile. And for that, you, guy who said, fuck this movie, and girlfriend who said, yeah, You share the title of Scream Queens of the Week. Yay! Yay! It's a major reward. Yay! Yay! Now, don't get too excited. I know you're like, oh, my God, is this kind of a gay show? Yeah, it is kind of a gay show. But the title has nothing to do with being gay. I mean, it just helped that you, you did something that made my horror experience that much better. And you guys did. And there's no prize. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. They're straight. They don't know any better. You don't get a tiara for it. You don't. So don't worry about it. You know, next time you see me at the movie theater, don't be begging me for your tiara because I'm not giving it to you because I'm sorry. I'll wear it better than you do, sir. But I could give it to my girlfriend. No. Just no. (laughs) She'll get a tiara when she goes to a bachelorette party. She's got enough tiaras. Okay? So enough of that. So above, as above, so below. Go fuck yourself. And fuck the French. Absolutely fuck the French. Is there anything else I wanted to say about this
3: movie? No. I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. Coupé de ses lophins de cheveux chinois, asparade à une gueule de bois, à bu ma bière dans un grand verre en pao-dou. Wouh comme un ayane en son wigou. Ça plane pour moi. Ça plane pour moi. Ça plane pour moi, 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 ça plane pour moi.
2: Beware.
0: Something's about to come out. Out of
2: the closet. The Nightmare Closet.
0: (laughs) So, this episode, we're going to be doing something a little different with the Nightmare Closet. Now, for those of you who are listening for the first time, The Nightmare Closet is normally a segment where I go back and I revisit something that either scared the hell out of me as a child or in some way left some huge impression and I haven't seen it since. So now I go back and review it as an adult. Now, this is a little different because the movie we're about to discuss, I saw not when I was a child, but when I was an early teenager, and I hated it. I hated it. Hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, hated it, like flames on the sides of my thing that hates things with flames. I don't know what that meant. But that's not the point right now. Drink because the movie we're talking about is Dario Argento's Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Okay, that's out of my system, and I won't be making that joke again. Let's take a listen to the trailer.
3: Let's see now about that time. First girl to disappear. That was September 9th. 14-year-old Danish tourist named Vera Brandt. The body was never found.
1: Just like the other girls.
2: After finding this, what's the use of hiding from the fights?
1: There's a killer. A vicious killer.
4: I'm sure you're going to like our school To begin with, we all speak English
3: By the way, I'm Sophie I'm French Jennifer You know I'm really glad you're here I've always had to sleep alone It can be very scary You know, there's a murderer around here This girl's our age and kills them And then he hides the bodies
4: What you did last night is highly irregular. No student ever left the school at night before.
3: How many times do I have to tell you that I didn't walk out on purpose? I walk in my sleep.
2: Have you any idea where you've been?
3: No. What if the killer saw me?
2: Have you any idea why they behaved like that? It's perfectly normal for insects to be slightly telepathic.
3: That's normal for insects. But am I normal?
2: I love all of you.
0: a lot of you are probably going, Phenomena is an amazing movie, Patrick. How could you have hated it? Well, I'll tell you. First of all, I was 15, approximately. I was not familiar, particularly, with Dario Argento or the whole Italian horror scene. I'd seen one or two things and I didn't really care for them. They don't make a lot of sense. The dubbing's always awful. And I don't know. It's not really what I'm talking about right now but the big problem was when it was released to the theaters in the United States in the 80s it was released heavily heavily edited in a PG-13 form no less and it went by the name Creepers which is a terrible terrible title and I guess they were trying to cash in on the whole ghoulies, gremlins, that kind of a thing. Because it doesn't really mean much anything. But I went with my douchey freshman freshman high school friend Terry Randall. You know, you when you first start high school, I think you're always allowed that one douchey friend that you know, even when you're in the friendship, that this is not going to last until I find a cooler bunch of people to hang out with. But that was him. That was him. So I went to see it with him. At the Franklin Square Movie Theater on Long Island, which was the home of the Crush Groove riots, which I bring up every time I've seen something at the Franklin Square Movie Theater. And most of you are like, who the fuck cares? What was that? But it was national news at the time. If you don't know what it is, that's just too bad. It's just too bad. Okay? I'm trying to educate you. Someday you'll be on Jeopardy, and you'll be like, what happened at the Franklin Square Movie Theater? And you'll be like, what is Crush Groove? And that was weird because you answered a question with a question. This is future Jeopardy. That's how they play it. I don't know what I'm saying. But anyway, I saw it. And it started. And I realized it was Italian, which you did not get from the trailer at the time. And I said, oh, no. And what I watched made absolutely no sense. I remember virtually nothing about it except something to do with bugs and a killer at a girl's school. And watching it now, I said, I don't even recognize this movie. It was like watching it for the first time. And I'm very, very glad I took a chance and revisited it because I had a great time watching Phenomena. See, my instinct wanted to do that song again, but I'm holding back. I'm holding back because that's going to get really annoying really fast. And plus, that little song practically ruined The Night of Living Podcast podcast. Driving them to murder and suicide because they couldn't finish a sentence without somebody jumping in and going... And that's as close as I'm going to do it anymore, okay? Now, what was so great about Phenomena? Well, I'll tell you what was so great, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This movie has everything. Everything! Well, what's everything? Well, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to tell you. This movie has mystery, murder, monsters, maggots, and monkeys. Monkeys! And that is what separates it from just about every other Dario Argento film up until that time. Sure, they might have had murder. Yes, they might have had monsters. Definitely maggots, but monkeys? No! Combination of these five incredible items? No! No, 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 no. I think there was an evil monkey later in Mother of Tears. But you know what? we're going to get that movie ever happen, because that movie was terrible. And that movie is not this movie. Now, what happens in this movie is that it stars a pre-labyrinth Jennifer Connelly, so young, so fresh, so well-scrubbed, so far away from ass to ass. Not that there was anything wrong with that, because believe me, it passes the time. But anyway, she's going to this exclusive girl's school in Italy, She's being sent there. And conveniently, her character's name is Jennifer, in case she forgets what her name is. She just has to remember what her name is. That made sense in my head. But the thing is, there's a murderer on the loose, and it's been killing girls about her age. Because you see, in the opening sequence, you meet this little Danish tourist girl, and she's like, hello, I am just a little Danish tourist girl. I am not filled with prunes. I am not filled with cheese. I am filled with love and affection for all of mankind. And she's on some tour of some kind, and she misses her bus. You know, oh, no, she's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no, what's she going to do? There's one house around. Okay, I'll go over there. And she goes in, and she's like, hello, I am just a little Danish girl, and I am lost. Can someone help me? And she's hearing banging and scratching and noises that any normal person would have left, but she's Danish, and you know how those people are. And she's like, I must go explore the house anymore. Well, she gets her ass killed. Because there was something, something chained up in there. Might have been a person. Definitely some kind of horrible person or maybe even a monster. Because it's chained up, but as soon as it hears little Danish girl, it's like, "Mm, I want some European pastry. That's what that monster said. And it breaks out and it kills her ass and it chops her head off. And throws it in the river over to Waterfall. And then we cut to Donald Pleasance. Because Donald Pleasance is in this too. And it's always such a Pleasance to see Donald Pleasance. And he's playing another one of his creepy-ass characters. He's playing this professor who's all about the bugs. He's an entomologist. And he studies bugs. Particularly bugs and crime. Because I guess this was a new science at the time. You know, they talk about it all the time on, on you know CSI. And definitely on Bones as a whole character. That all he does is talk about how bugs and crime and how they poop and how they mate in the corpse i will tell you how long somebody's been dead. Whew, that was a really long sentence. But the thing is, he's in a wheelchair, see? Not the bugs. Donald Pleasance is in a wheelchair. And he's got a nurse. But not just any nurse. He's got a monkey nurse. What? What? So Donald Pleasance shares all his screen time with a monkey. A naked-ass monkey. Named Irma, I believe. Which is Bradford's mother's name.
2: <laughs>
0: Maybe it was Emma. I don't care, it's Irma now. It's Irma now because it makes me laugh. Bradford's mama is a naked monkey serving Donald Pleasance. Ha! Anyway, so, yeah, so I can just imagine Donald Pleasant's face like, yes, I'd be more than happy to help you out on your film. Oh you have the blackest eyes. Italian eyes, Victor Borgia's eyes. What? I don't know what's happening. I'm all over the place now. But anyway, I can just imagine his face is like, wait, I'm doing all of my scenes with a monkey that's not wearing a diaper. It's right, Donald, you are. But the thing is, okay, so now Jennifer Connolly, remember her? Yeah, she's at the school, and you know, people are disappearing, and everybody hates her because she's the son of a movie star, and she's kind of stuck up. But you know what? Even at this young age, you can see the talent in this girl. Like, she's really good for her age, and I'm like, yeah, she's gonna be a FOSCA someday, and she's gonna be going ass to ass, and I'm like, having sex with Russell Crowe and everything, but that's not now. Not now she got to deal with all this problem first. The thing is, she's got this bug thing too. Not like she has bugs, but she loved bugs. And it turns out she can kind of communicate with bugs. She's psychic with bugs and can somewhat control bugs. And these all things tie together. There's murders of girls. Her roommate gets murdered. She's sleepwalking. She's kind of seeing things. She might have seen the murderer while she was sleepwalking because now she's a target. Who is the murderer? Could it be like the super Uber duck who's running the school? As Bradford would say, bull dyke in a ball gown. Could it be Donald Pleasance? Maybe he's not really crippled. Could it be the strange detective? Could it be another one of the girls? I don't know and I'm not telling you because what happens is crazy Crazy, the finale of this movie is operatically crazy, and I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. And the thing is, halfway through the movie, no spoiler, Donald Pleasance is killed, okay, and the movie's blah, 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 years old, deal with it, and it's halfway through the movie. He's killed by the killer, obviously, and now the monkey's on her own. I'm like, monkey, monkey, what's going to happen with the monkey? And like every, you know, the movie's going on, every few minutes I'm like, where's the monkey? Every now and then you cut to it and see her picking out of garbage cans for food. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not watching no homeless monkey movie. What the fuck is this? But then in the end, in the big finale, not only do you have what's-her-name controlling bugs of their mind and there's monsters and blood and skeletons and goo and, and grossness and craziness and fire. You might have heard of Deus Ex Machina. If not, you have to go back to English class because I'm not explaining it to you. But in this movie, you get Deus Ex nut. I'm like, there's the monkey! There's the monkey! Good Irma! Good Bradford's mom! Yay! Anyway, I got a huge kick at a phenomenon as an adult. I even like the random score. Like, the score is so random. So random. It's the goblin-y type stuff. <laughs> You know, with that kind of singer in the back, but with like the doom 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 doom, 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 doom kind of wet 70s guitars. But like in the midst of that, there'll be like thrashy metal stuff, like screaming thrashy death metal stuff when nothing is going on. I'm like, she's just looking at books in the library, and it's like
4: Continue
0: like that. And I get that, that's how Daria rolls. That's part of the experience. These disjointed things. Cause as a kid, I hated these movies. I hated Dario Argento. I hated Italian horror movies because I always thought they didn't make sense. And for a while, I was getting annoyed with this movie because it does not make a lot of sense. It's very disjointed. It jumps around. And then I remember somebody saying, I think it might have been an Italian horror director himself who had said, actually, I heard it on The Hysteria Continues. That's where I heard it. It was Justin and the boys. And they said, well, you have to watch these movies and realize that you're, watching someone else's nightmare. And that's why it doesn't make sense. And I reminded myself halfway through, just roll with it. Roll with it. And I rolled with it, and it was great fun. And the thing, the only thing that kept snacking snack, snacking me out, snacking me out. The only thing is, snack me out, baby. Woo, get the Fritos and get your vegan hummus, <laughs> Justin, and snack me out. What's happening? The only thing that kept snapping me out of my reverie for the movie was it every now and then, my brain would go... Just like that. I suddenly realized my brain had become a Peter Gabriel video because I kept wondering where the... was. As I'm sorry, you don't just introduce a... not wearing a diaper into the movie and then just drop the... completely from the plot. As I said, they brought the... back... But still, it didn't keep me every five minutes or so just going. The monkey monkey with the monkey. Well, actually, even earlier on, every time they showed the monkey, I had to scream out. Monkey. So, Bradford was getting really annoyed watching me watch his movie because he's trying to work, he's trying to look for apartments, and every five minutes I'm going. Monkey. And the cat clearly wants me to get up and turn the water on in the bathroom sink because I just heard something fall and break, and that's the signal that someone's thirsty. Please hold podcast will continue presently. Please enjoy silence. Okay, I'm back now. The king has been sated. (sighs) Cats, gotta love them. Now, I realize some of you, especially those of you who are new to the show, are thinking, wow, this review was really all over the place. And I said, that's because it's not a review, darling. You're actually watching somebody else's nightmare. About listening to a podcast. What? What? This is my brain. <sniffs> Phenomena. Go dig it. Sorry, I couldn't help myself, and we're out. Everything. again, kids. There's no voicemail for this episode. But I did get some messages that we're going to read through right about now. Now, the first one comes from Justin. We love Justin. Over at the Hysteria Continues podcast. Who, by the way, they just released a a Blu-ray DVD of Graduation Day. And it's been getting great reviews, mostly because of the reviews... I mean, the, uh, what do you call it? The commentary track that was done by the four guys over at the Hysteria Continue. So if you've got a Blu-ray player, check that out and tell me how it is because I'm still stuck in the 1990s. Anyway, Justin says, Patrick, loved the latest podcast, Twas a Hoot. He's so British. And I reckon covering old TV horror flicks will be a winner. But look what I found. A US one sheet for Summer of Fear. So, did this get a cinema release in the States at the same time it was shown on TV? Does anyone know? I don't think it did. Because normally, we'll make stuff for you guys. Well, we'll make stubbing on TV and then fork it over on you in the theaters. I don't know why there was a one sheet. Who knows? Maybe, it th- I don't know. I don't know. I think maybe it was released on video as Summer of Fear and not Stranger in Our House. But I don't know. But good for you. How wh- how much wall space do you have, Justin? Because I know you get these one-sheets and posters, and what do you do with them? You know what? Never mind. Don't answer that. I don't want to know. There's actually been a lot of great response to the Made for TV section that I introduced last episode. Uh, I also got a message from Tommy from Toronto. Hey, Tommy. When are you going to send me a picture of you with your shirt off, huh? just putting that out there but I don't have it in front of me because Facebook does not have a decent search bar function but he was just saying that he really loved it and he loved it so much that he went out and bought an unedited DVD version of Summer of Fear slash Stranger in our house and I said unedited my god what got cut what perms got cut I need to see. I need to see, Tommy. You'll have to let me know uh, when you send me that picture of you with your rippling ripplings hanging out. I'm <laughs> Awkward. Very awkward. Now, I did get another email. And again, I can't find it. And I'm very angry about this one because a listener wrote in a scathing review of the new release, Varsity Blood. And it was incredibly well written, and it was just the kind of thing I love to see from you guys, and I can't find the son of a bitch. And son of a bitch out there who wrote that article, please let me know who you are, or I should say the post. Please let me know who you are, because I have to give you the proper recognition that you deserve. No, you're not getting Scream Queen of the Week. No, that's already been taken, and you can't get it retroactively, okay? Because these are the rules that I make up arbitrarily as we go along, because it's my show and a queen has a right to change his mind. However, you got a gold star coming to you. You might even get two gold stars for showing initiative. Because I didn't even bring up that movie. You did homework that was not assigned. That's, that's gold star plus extra credit. And as you know, Betty and Durwood have been very, very, very quiet. And this is the time to knock them off their pedestal as the one Fontaines of the Scream Queens Horror podcast with more gold stars than there are in Liberace's closet. Anyway, whoever you are, you got a gold star coming to you, please let me know and resend that information and I'll print it out properly and possibly even post it on the webpage because I'm lazy and I don't do these things as they come in. I mean busy. I mean very, 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 very busy. As for the rest of you, I am very, very disappointed in all of you. Daddy's, Daddy's disappointed. No, no, Daddy's not mad. Daddy's just very, very, very disappointed. And as any of you know, with kids, disappointed is far worse than being angry. And I'm disappointed because nobody's leaving voicemails. We have a new voicemail number. Nobody's using it. It's sad. It makes me sad. I understand now how my mom feels when you forget to call on Mother's Day or call too late in the evening, you know, when it's like 12 o'clock and you're barely getting in under the wire, and she's like, Oh, I've been sitting here by the phone all day. And you're like, oh, sorry. She's like, that's okay, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And you're like, oh no. I can deal with anger. I can't deal with guilt. Yes, so. Not only that. Nobody did their homework. I gave out two homework assignments last week. Not one. Two. I have received no response about either. Granted. Granted, Jay. Little Jay out there. Little Jay in Albuquerque? Is that where you are? I forget. Jay from the Southwest. He was live-tweeting me while he was watching A Thousand Bloody Acres, and he was freaking out, because he didn't like it and he didn't understand what the fuck was going on. I'm thinking, well, maybe if you weren't live-tweeting, you'd be paying more attention to the movie, but that's not what I asked you to do, was it? Also, I got a message from Justin. Justin. She just said, oh, I watched old Thomas, which was the other homework assignment. No review. No discussion. Nothing. You kids today. You Gen Y kids with your instant gratification expecting to get praise for the least amount of work possible. Tsk, 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 tsk. Now, of course, if you want to send a voicemail... The easiest thing to do is to pick up your phone and dial. Did you just hear that? Did you just hear get away from the water fountain? Did you just hear that? Because the lady is screaming in the schoolyard again. I'm see if I can pump the volume up on that and see if you can hear it, because that would be awesome. If not, anyway, pick up your phone and dial the new number, 917 720 Two zero four seven. Once again, that's 917-720- 2047. Or you can use the email, which of course is crew at screamqueens.com And as always, that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And you can listen to me on the Stitcher app. As I said earlier, you can go on over to Stitcher, download that app, And listen to me and all your favorite podcasts on pretty much any device that you got. On your computer, on your phone, on your iPad, on your tablet, on your dog, on your cat, on your grandmama. If you really want to. I don't know about those last three. But soon, soon, technology is evolving. So go do that. Stitcher, smart radio. It's good stuff. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Stitcher. There's the last straw, the straw broke the sling, I mean the camel's back I put a Facebook message up and also on Twitter saying hey here's a direct link to Stitcher why don't you run over there and leave you leave the show a review it got 50 likes on my regular page it got 62 likes on the Screamer uh, the Scream Queens horror podcast page It got favorited on Twitter. Did anybody leave a review? No. No. (sighs) You know, I slave, I work. I ask for very little in return. And this is the thanks I get. I, I understand your silence speaks volumes. Listen, enough crying. Just go fix it. Go over to Stitcher. Stitcher Stitcher.com. Look up Scream Queens and leave a review. TJ's very lonely over there. She's very, very lonely, and she gets freaky when she's lonely. And not sexy freaky. I mean, like, freaky, freaky. That's why she's from nowhere. Ain't that right, TJ? (laughs)
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or you can go over to the iTunes store, remember that? Remember that thing that doesn't work on most people's computers anymore? Yeah, why don't you go over there and leave a review? Because there's been one review in a year. Now, I don't know if things are slowing down here or what. I hope they're not. Seems that there's lots and lots of likes coming in, but you know, it's the reviews that bring in the sponsors and the sponsors bring in the money. And this thing is listener supported as well as Patrick supported and any extra support would be greatly appreciated. So, of course, you could also head over to the Scream Queens page, hit the donate button, and leave some money. Any little bit will do. It's the gesture, more than the amount, quite honestly. And things will keep going as as expected. Because Daddy's sad now. Daddy's very, very sad. Daddy might have to start drinking. Or whooping. Did I make you feel guilty yet? Am I doing it? Are you running to your computers right now? I hope so, I hope so. Because like I said, this all helps out the show and reviews are free, they just take your time. Okay, enough of that, right? Of course enough of that. That's your homework assignment, please write a review. If you don't wanna write a review, donate. Good, done, great. So, what is coming up in the near future? Well, a couple of great things are lined up. I think next time, well, sometime this week, I'll be sitting down with the incredibly talented musician and improv comedian, Mr. Homer Mars. Remember him from a couple of episodes who did the Heather song and from many, many episodes ago? When he helped me out with a review of Warlock, starring Julian Sands. He's going to be here. He's going to be here with my co-star from Man and Shrewman, Mr. Josh Krebs. And we're going to be talking about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight to help kick off the Halloween season. Also, I have confirmed Mr. Owen Robinson, the world famous playwright Owen Robertson and his friend Tom are gonna be here for the next installment of 1970's made for TV theater for want of a better name. And we're gonna be talking about Steven Spielberg's first foray into the directing field, the very hard to find something evil. Yeah, and then after that, it's Halloween season. And you know what that means. I'm gonna be visiting haunted houses. I'm gonna be watching lots of scary movies. I'm gonna keep my eye out for all kinds of things to talk to you about. And of course, there just might be another show a day marathon. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if you want it. Cause I don't know if you really want it. Guilt and shame guilt and shame. Well, whether you want it or not, I want to do it. So I'm doing it. So until next time, my beautiful, beautiful screamers, remember continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember, as my grandmama used to say, Boy, why can't I have a monkey nurse? If Donald Pleasance can have a monkey nurse, I should have a monkey nurse. Instead, I got you in a Tinkerbell outfit. And put on a diaper. You're pooping on the floor.
2: Bye. I got hunting for witches.